Welcome to Behavior Buff, a podcast for the active parent. Ty and Hillary Krieger dive into ways to reduce the stress of parenting. They throw in a little fitness chatter, but mainly guide you how to raise kids in a positive light by delivering tangible tools to use right away. Listen from them and guests just like you on how to go from survival mode to feeling in control when it comes to your kids. Three, two, one. Raise your hand if you've had your share of bedtime struggles, from a baby not sleeping to a preschooler getting up to go potty, asked to sleep in your bed, or maybe they just creep in and make their way into your bed without you even knowing. Maybe you feel like you have to lay next to them, rub their back, read 50 stories, sing songs, bribe them to get them to brush their teeth, and two and a half hours later, you're in a puddle on the couch because they finally went to bed, only to hear their little feet run into your room after you make your way to your bed and scare the living crap out of you when they wake you up with their face two inches from you saying they can't sleep and ask if they can sleep in your bed again with you. Then nobody gets good sleep. Unless you co-sleep, and that's your thing, and you feel like you get amazing sleep with your child in your bed, power on to you, but that's not us, and this likely isn't 90% of you. So this podcast is for you and all your sleep troubles with your kids. First, a listener review, and today's listener review comes from our friend Hans, who we are in a program with him right now about investing, and it is blowing our minds. It's freaking awesome. So he wrote, Ty and Hillary are the real deal, just a wealth of knowledge and two people with an incredible heart to serve. I always love the nuggets of wisdom they have to share on parenting. Thank you so much, Hans. I'm so glad that you wrote in a review. It's freaking awesome. Anyways, moving on, we are going to talk about sleep. Tyler's here with us. Hey guys, this is a really important topic to me as I really believe that good sleep is one of the most valuable habits a family can have. When your body sleeps, it regenerates. This is the time required to recharge your brain and your body. And the more growth and development that the brain and the body is going through, especially with our little guys, the more sleep is required. When your children are struggling with sleep problems, your whole family is affected, as you will also be affected. Guidelines from, from the National Sleep Institute recommend the following amount of sleep for age of children. All right, let's go through this. For toddlers, you, they need about 11 to 14 hours. Preschoolers, about 10 to 13 hours. School-agers, about 9 to 11 hours. Teens, 8 to 10 hours. And then adults, 7 to 9 hours. When that sleep numbers drop to an hour or two below what those recommendations are, the brain is starting to not get what it needs to recharge, and things such as hormone balance and cognitive functioning are drastically impaired. So, I mean, to summarize, you gotta get your sleep. So I'm gonna make this kind of a question and answer format with Tyler. I'm just gonna go right in, and our first question is, what is the first thing you're going to usually recommend to parents when they're having trouble getting their kids to sleep? So whenever parents come to me with issues surrounding biological processes like sleeping or going to the bathroom, we have to make sure that we rule out any possible external environmental or biological variables before we start to dive in and focus on the behaviors themselves. So when we're talking about sleep, I want to focus on the hour or so before we expect our kids to be in bed. 
So for us, that's about 8 p.m. That's when we want our kids to actually be in bed. So the checklist that I typically go through with a parent is number one, intake, number two, activity, and number three, lighting. Those three factors in your environment, the hour before sleep, can have a drastic impact. So starting with intake, what are your kids eating or drinking within an hour or so before their bedtime? Are they eating a bunch of sugar that's gonna keep them up? Are they drinking a bunch of sugar like juice or Gatorades? These two points may seem obvious, but eating or drinking a bunch of sugar before bed will not allow the body to begin to wind down as that insulin stress signals within the body are just spiking blood sugar all over the place. One point that may not be as common is that when drinking too much water. So I'm a huge fan of drinking enough water throughout the course of the day, but we tend to cut water intake to only a sip or two within the hour before bedtime to eliminate the extra trips to the bathroom or even worse, a bedtime accident. Next, as we move on to what type of activities are your kids engaging in the hour before bed? So in particular, the 30 minutes or so before bed, we want them to start focusing on more calming activities. Our favorites are reading or talking in a calm and cozy setting like the couch or the bed. Try to avoid stimulating activities like roughhousing, games or screens as these things tend to get the body and brain revved up instead of settling down. I know this one gets especially tricky for us during soccer season when we have late practices, but we still make the effort to start slowing down after we walk into the door. All right, our final factor here is gonna be talking about house lighting and how that can definitely play a huge role in signaling to the brain when it's time to start winding down for sleep. About an hour before it's time to hit the bed, start turning off the lights around your house and switch to dim lamps versus the bright overhead lights. Our girls still do use a nightlight in their room, however, Cal does not. So that's really gonna just be child dependent. Yeah, and even this last weekend, we were staying with Tyler's dad and stepmom, and we had Callan sleeping in a room, and there was Christmas lights hanging out upside, outside, and then Tyler's, um, our, his stepmom had some darkening curtains that she put up and then he instantly fell asleep because it was then really dark in his room. Yeah. These are awesome tips, Tyler. I want to dive into the next question and that would be, what if you have done all of these steps listed above and your kids still won't go to bed? What is next? Yeah, that's an awesome question and it's definitely something that everybody struggles with at some point. So after you cross off all of those major biological factors that could be affecting sleep, we then can take a dive into managing the habits that form sleep behavior with the most important here being a bedtime routine. And then how are you gonna cut down on your bedtime routine so that it's not taking forever? So the first thing to do is set the expectation when that routine is going to start. As a general rule of thumb, work backwards from when you actually want your kids to start falling asleep and then start your routine about 45 minutes or an hour before that. So for us, our routine starts around 7.30 with the goal of having the girls asleep by 8. The next thing you should do is to list out the steps that make up that routine. For us, it's number one, PJs on, then brush your teeth, read story quietly, either with each other or with a parent, and then lights out. If you're struggling with your kids getting to bed on time and have not tried to lay these steps out, this is a great place to start, as this alone may get the behaviors you want. If you have tried to lay these steps out and your kids are still not following the routine or having problems listening, 
then this is where I would recommend you create a positive reinforcement system or sticker chart to help bring in some additional motivation to follow the routine. So let's say your five-year-old is testing the waters and she suddenly is getting up at 2 a.m. and wants to sleep in your bed because she tells you she's scared. You let her in for a couple nights and then it starts to get old fast and now you have a problem. She's crying and won't go back into her room. How do you break the cycle? What are some words of encouragement you have for those parents? First off, I would say hang in there because I know being on team no sleep is a bad place to be. Second, I would definitely relate to you on this because we've been there and it's a tricky spot. My short answer is you need to place this behavior on extinction. And if you aren't sure what that word is, go back an episode to episode 13 and give it a listen as that was our main topic we covered there. But to just short, short and sweet about it is you need to not let them sleep with you. And you're going to have to continue to walk them back to their room. It's going to just be a non-negotiable thing. This may cause behaviors. This may take some time. But it's really important that you hold strong here and let them know that sleeping in your bed is not an option. Unless you want it to be an option, then that's on you. But for Tyler and I, this is just our recommendations, is that we don't allow our kids to sleep in our bed with us. And like Tyler just said, we just quietly walk them back to their room and lay them in their bed and tuck them in. And sometimes we don't even talk. I just walk them back into their room and don't really say much. So let's move on to the next question. What are your thoughts on kids falling asleep to screens or TVs on? I know you hit on this briefly, but go ahead and... Yeah, it kind of goes back to the two of those three points that we talked about with the environment. And this is a big no, in my opinion, because the main reason screens emit a really good amount of blue light, which actually tricks the brain to thinking it's daytime and doesn't allow those natural sleep hormones to kick in. Additionally, screen activity can include watching their favorite shows or playing really sweet and exciting video games, both of which excite the brain and really prevent the child from settling down for a good night's sleep. That makes a lot of sense. I know on Christmas break, we had probably a lot more screen time than what we're used to. And because of that, we saw a lot more behavior when it came to bed. Yeah, bedtime. You, yeah you know, a late night movie is fun for a Friday night, but there's a good reason why we don't really allow that late night TV watching during the week or when there's an, a hard bedtime in place. Now we're going to shift gears into a slightly controversial topic, and that is what are your opinions, Tyler, on kids taking melatonin for bedtime? All right. So I really need to disclose before we dive in here that I'm not a medical doctor. So this is only going to be my opinion and um, and it's just going to be from my personal experience. So when I have had issues falling asleep in the past, typically it's because caffeine and consumption or screen time myself, but I've experimented with melatonin and I have found that it does definitely work in the short term. However, over time, you need to continuously increase your dosage. So what might have started with one milligram for example, it was soon two and three and five. And then I was starting to wake up in the morning really groggy. So I decided, hey, it's time to stop taking melatonin because this isn't good. I'm not getting the benefits that I thought I was. Now, when I tried to stop, I couldn't fall asleep at all. And I came to a conclusion that supplementing with a natural, naturally occurring hormone is a really slippery slope that could be you know, really detrimental to your long-term ability for your brain to produce that hormone. So 
That being said, always check with your child's doctor on this one or any other topic that includes supplements or drugs. And melatonin wouldn't be considered a drug. You can get it over the counter, uh, but it's definitely a supplement and it, it is a naturally producing hormone in your brain. I, I want you to, Tyler, talk about uh, a couple nights ago when I was talking with Tyler about this, I want you to talk about the serotonin. You wouldn't about the serotonin. Yeah, so serotonin, uh, so melatonin, you know, without getting too technical, is a naturally occurring supplement that helps your brain shut down and, and go to sleep, whereas serotonin would be like a naturally occurring hormone that helps you feel happy. So if your kid was sad, you probably wouldn't just necessarily go over the counter and pr provide them with an SSRI um, or any sort of pharmaceutical drug that would help them feel happy. And so it's not, while it's not exactly the same class, it is, you know, similar in the sense that just because your kid's not tired, um, um, you shouldn't just necessarily go to a supplement or a drug, uh, you know, right out the gate. You should definitely try some of these other techniques first. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to hit on too. So anyways, I do want to say that Tyler and I are not sleep training experts. We are far from it. And the, a lot of things that Tyler can do is he can help clearly define behaviors and change to with goals with a kind of like a task analysis, which are steps broken down, used into taking action to change the behavior of sleep. Um, when it comes to babies, like we personally don't sleep train them. I nursed all of our kids. I always got up with them. I don't really have any gripes about it or about Tyler not getting up with the babies. It doesn't really bother me, but some people do take courses on getting their babies to sleep, and, and that's cool. It's just not our gig. Like, that's not what we do because I know that they will eventually fall into their own cycle. So when we're talking about sleep on this podcast, I would definitely say it relates to three and older um, types of kids. But, you know, Callan didn't start falling asleep till he was past a year old, but it's whatever. I just know that everything in life is a phase, just like Larkin's bad skin phase. We got through it. I just wanted to say that we didn't sleep train our babies and a lot of this information probably isn't going to be towards babies and sleep training them. What would you do, Tyler, if I had said like, hey, I want to sleep train our babies? Like, what would you personally say if I said that to you? Yeah, I would say if a child is, you know, in my opinion, over nine months old, you could give it a shot. Uh, but underneath that, the behavior is going to be really tough to, to teach to uh, an infant because they're just crying for a reason in a lot of ways, whether it's they're 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 scared or they're hungry or they're dirty or their stomach hurts or they're in some sort of internal pain and so it's tough for me to get behind tr sleep training anyone that's under the age of nine months or a year um, but anything over that you know I'd be willing to give it a shot and for the record that's just our personal opinion not scientific not science-based nothing there have been people who have had great success with sleep training their babies at a very young age we just personally don't do it. So I know that I will probably get questions about um, babies and sleep training, but I would definitely refer to you to somebody else who's great with sleep training babies or just give you give you the advice that it's just a phase and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I guess to summarize with sleep and sleep training, we will just hit on creating a system and a chart and a routine and then Tyler had his three points about intake, activity, and lighting. Anything else you want to hit on? No, I would just say I hope you guys are all getting back on your own sleep routines after the never-ending Christmas break. And we really, really thank you guys for tuning in to the Behavior Buff podcast. If you liked this podcast on sleep, 
go ahead and click subscribe or send us a review. You can also send us an email at behaviorchangecollective at gmail.com. I'll link that in the show notes, but any type of review or anytime you subscribe, honestly, so thankful for it. So if this sleep podcast resonated with you just a little bit, or even just you had one small takeaway, like we would absolutely love, love, love to hear about it. We do read every single review and it's honestly really important to us in this, you know, small, podcast space. So you guys have a great rest of your day. Until next time. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to Behavior Buff Podcast. Make sure to follow along on Facebook and Instagram at Behavior Change Collective.